0: uh Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh she lost the election she didn't really lose the election it was stolen from her uh, by i think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now number 24 is content farms in macedonia and uh, as i said uh, my grandfather was a uh, macedonian content farmer and uh, we often think about you know gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the macedonian con- i never thought He never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hard-working Macedonian peasants, and the way they were able to reach out and uh, steal the election from a well-oiled machine... Now that the cold, hard truth has set in, Macedonia will not be getting an invitation from the EU to open a session talks anytime soon. A rift has set in between unlikely players. Zoran Zaev and his president, Stevo Penderovsky. Zaev continues to insist that there is no alternative to continuing forward with the implementation of the so-called Crespa Agreement, while President Stevo Penderovsky says, essentially, not so fast. At issue is Article 110b, which basically states that Macedonia does not have to enforce the agreement domestically unless and until those EU accession talks begin. Even the Greeks agreed with this. On top of all of this, Fedorovsky admits that, quote, all Macedonians, unquote, are, quote, bothered by the adjective north, and that, quote, even today, I can't get used to it, unquote, before adding reluctantly that, quote, maybe over time I will, unquote. Note the word maybe. For its part, the largest political party in Macedonia, Vomoroda Komene, is now saying essentially they will overturn the agreement when they retake power. The Western elites who have championed Prespa soiled themselves upon hearing this. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the center of Tucson, Arizona.
1: And this is Svetlana Cholimanov from Skopje, Macedonia. How you doing, Sudden? Fine, fine. The daylight savings time should have had a bit of difficulty connecting uh, for this episode. You, you don't have that in Arizona, right?
0: We do not have daylight savings time in Arizona, and I'll tell you why. Because in Arizona, who wants an extra hour of daylight in June when it is 150,000 <laughs> degrees outside? So, no. And, and, and you and, don't and, have and a siesta like the
1: Spaniards do, right?
0: Actually, we don't. Now that Well, that's a cultural um, item that's gone by the wayside. You know, we probably had one here in the 1800s, but uh, now yeah. that we're really hip and fast-paced and moving, you know, uh, we don't have that anymore, so... And I think the European Union is going to scrap it at some point,
1: right? I was. Uh, what do I care? We're not going to join anyway, so it doesn't affect <laughs> me one bit. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so who cares? But
0: yeah, I think it's... I've don't. I don't, I've never understood daylight savings time, but, uh, and I don't even know when the U.S. goes on or off. It's yeah. spring forward, fall back. So they're supposed to get out of daylight savings time, the rest of the country.
1: But we have now an well, argument we'll whether we should side with... Uh, continue to side with Serbia for our time zone, or if we should uh, switch to the Bulgarian zone, because Macedonia is, I think, kind of right in the middle of the meridian, or the, uh, what's it called, the, the line uh, uh, which uh, decides which time zone we should be in. So, obviously, we were lumped with Belgrade, which uh, uh, was lumped with, uh, I don't know, like a central area of Yugoslavia to uh, have one unified time zone in the whole of Yugoslavia. It was not that big. To have two time zones, right. but then uh, Greece has an, a different time zone, Bulgaria has a different time zone, Turkey. So I had a weird situation driving to Corfu for vacation. I'm actually mm-hmm. driving west, but the, the time zone switches as if I was driving to the east. <laughs> oh, funny! And now there is well, now some this... push to have Macedonia lumped with Bulgaria in, in that zone and away from Serbia.
0: You know, Svetin, if, if only the most burning issue in Macedonia could be which time zone exactly. to join. Then all would be well, all would be right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that is for other people at another time and age to decide. Right now we've got... Well, let's see, where do we start? Let's start with the rift between uh, Pendorovsky and um, and uh, Zayev. Mm-hmm. We're recording this on Monday, October 28th. Uh, the... The article I, uh, I talked about in the monologue there about Pandorovsky saying that uh, even today he can't get used to using the word North, mm-hmm. and that's from an Al Jazeera program which airs later tonight, so we'll have the full. There might be some more tidbits in there mm-hmm. later on. But apparently, so, so Pandorovsky is saying, number one, he's bothered by the use. Well, first of all, he's saying that all Macedonians are bothered by the use of the North. Mm-hmm. And in fact check, true. In that he is absolutely correct. Uh, He doesn't like it, can't get used to it, says maybe one day he will, maybe as a conditional, means maybe, maybe not, but it creates doubt. Whereas his prime minister, Zoran Zayev, is saying, no, we go for it, we we continue on the path forward because there is no alternative, Mm -hmm. and uh, we continue implementing Prespa domestically, uh, even though according to Article 110b, which is frankly a, a giant hole in the bloody agreement, uh says that Macedonia doesn't have to do it, mm-hmm. but but Zayev, because he is because he is a mental midget mm-hmm. and a moral leper, he says we are going full steam through this. So apparently there's a rift between the President and the Prime Minister, a rift between the President and the Prime Minister of the same party, in my opinion, is very good in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh what else can you tell our listeners about this?
1: Well Stevo is from a different faction. He's more like this urban uh uh, city dwelling Skopjana faction, Well, Zaf is obviously the as rural, as redneck as one could possibly be. As, as, as Sayak as you can be? Recent, yeah, as evidenced by his uh, recent uh, uh, gesture toward Mitskovsky, where he oh, showed an goodness. elbow, uh, like, you know, up yours. Uh, he said he looks. It, yeah, explain that because a lot of people won't understand that. Yeah, he was in Prilap with a bunch of his supporters, and he literally said, "Like, uh, uh, so what if we didn't get the date to open the EU accession talks?" And then he says, "You think Mitskovsky is gonna win, you uh, no, assume power, grab power in Macedonia?" And he makes this gesture, like a purist. and he, then he uses a Serbian phrase, uh, "Malo sutra," which we often jokingly translate as "little tomorrow," and means "never," you know, like not, ne- never gonna happen." But you know, and you know, the idiot seals in the audience they still clapped for this, but everybody was like, What? I mean, even even for Zaf, you don't expect anything, uh, even not, not sophisticated, you don't expect anything normal from him. But uh, my right. god, this was really a cringe worthy moment. So, yeah, he's a cynic, right. he's an opinok, like, uh, yeah, this peasant shoe is which, we, which is used to describe uh, rednecks around here, and uh. So they had this fight, they had a fight when Serbenkovsky tried to uh, promote Pentarovsky as leader of the party, as opposed to Zaev, and Shekerinska, who latched on to Zaev. Although, even though naturally, Shekerinska belongs to the other faction, but I mean, I, I don't know what's with her, maybe she was just hoping that he will be the one to bear the responsibility for the name change, and maybe get arrested over the wiretapping, and she can inherit the party um, from him. So, yeah, they have a actual fight. They have an, uh, uh, a confrontation which will get worse as they have to, as, you know, the urban wing won the presidency through Pendarovsky. They'll need to divide the, probably, diminishing number of seats in parliament. So this is going to get worse. And, yeah, as you said, now they have, um, Pendarovsky jumped on the idea that we should decouple from Albania. Zav wouldn't hear of it because, you know, he's even more in debt to the Albanian voters and Edi Rahman and is. Then Pendarovsky said we should investigate the racket scandal to a greater extent. Zaaf wouldn't hear about it because it leads straight to his doorstep. Uh, (laughs) And now Pendarovsky is making noises, even though Zaaf did mention the Article 110b, but obliquely. And then he said, no, we're going to implement the treaty as if we are negotiating with the EU, as if nothing changed. But Pendarovsky made this statement which is a bit more hawkish uh, than uh, Zaff. So, yeah, we are, even our friend Laris Geiser from this Italian newspaper, which has been publishing all the details about the, wire, the, the racketeering scandal, he noticed, he says, look, this is turning into a rift, he, according to his mm-hmm. uh, reading of the situation. This is now creating into a fraction almost.
0: Yeah. Well, two points. Uh, number one, you, you mentioned that Pantorovsky had wanted to decouple from Albania, and he was just in Albania meeting with President um, yeah. Ilir Meta, and I understand he was given the shaft by uh, Eddie Rama as well, the Prime Minister. It was supposed to meet with him and then cancelled at the yeah. last minute. Uh, of course, yeah. Eddie Rama... I think Eddie Rama had a spat with Pantorovsky earlier this year when Pantorovsky said, we should decouple, and yeah. Rama said, you know, not so fast in so many words. Uh, number one, number two. I want to go back to Article One Hundred and Ten B. I think it was the former foreign minister under PASOK, which is a now defunct political party in mm-hmm. Greece, Evangelos uh, Venizelos, mm-hmm. uh, who brought that up first and pointed out that that's a giant hole in the treaty. Yeah. And, he, and he was the one that mentioned it on the Greek side. And so you know, I said in the monologue the Greeks agree with this, um, but then. It was, who was it from uh, Vomoro that went on Greek TV? I didn't write it down here in my notes. Uh, uh, Tim Chomucunsky,
1: the international secretary, Tim Chomucunsky. Right. Okay.
0: Young guy, uh, yeah. seems to have uh, caught the attention of a lot of my friends, at least in the Macedonian diaspora, and said, mm. Whoa, who is this guy? He's on fire. Mm. And, uh, you know, w- dared to go on Greek TV and basically say, I'm Macedonian, I speak the Macedonian language, we're never going to say anything other than Macedonia. And, oh, by the way, my Greek mm-hmm. friends, when we get into power, we're going
1: to overturn this damn thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good for him. Well, I remember yeah. even people like Phil Ricker would tell us privately that, well, let's join and then you can overturn it. Because Greece is giving us an irrevocable deliverable while we can always re-amend the Constitution. Countries have changed their names uh, from time to time. Czech Republic most recently is working on this. So... Uh, yeah, the Greeks understand this because this is what exactly what the Greeks would do, and they did with the European Union austerity reforms, uh, where they would overturn them any chance they got. So they understand that they would give us something that is irrevocable, and then EU uh, and NATO membership, and then we can just revoke the name. issue, Tim Cho told them <clears throat> as much, he said, "The minute we are in, we no longer need this treaty, and it will be, <coughs> it will be out the window." Wow.
0: Phil Rieger actually said that? I didn't realize that.
1: This is breaking uh, news to me. To me, he told it, you know, I heard politicians tell me that he's been advising them. He would do this to encourage people, like, well, what's the big deal? Do it, and then screw the Greeks over. Who cares? This was his way of encouraging.
0: That is is funny, because uh, we know that Phil was just brought before one of the (laughs) committees in the U.S. House this weekend to uh, testify over the Ukraine scandal. Mm -hmm. Um, But... uh, Maybe in ten or fifteen years, he'll be called again to testify on this issue <laughs>
1: with police escort. Hopefully, like he was <laughs> in Washington.
0: Oh, Phil Raker. Yeah, we never did. We never did get along. But I don't get along with any U.S. ambassador there for yeah. reasons. It's them, so. not you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, we're entering a phase in which we're getting this uh, solid back and forth between Vimera and uh, the Greek conservatives. And basically, so you know. Uh, this will go down, the Greek right wants this to go down. They they practically violated the treaty when they uh, uh, pushed that Macedonia is lumped together with Albania. This is a serious violation of their obligation to allow Macedonia to open accession talks. They're saying, okay, we're not blocking them directly, but we're pushing them in the path of the moving Dutch train, which wants to block Albania, and we're, we're pushing them straight in the same direction, tying them together with Albania. So. You know, they're literally violating their one obligation in the treaty. And they also they want to destroy the treaty as well, but they want to make it look like it's our fault. So they're it was eventually a conservative Greek newspaper, Katimerini, which pointed to this article as if we didn't know. And it's showing us, mm-hmm. telling us, listen, you can use this article to torpedo that damn thing. But then Mutsunski is doing the opposite thing. Yeah, we are destroying the treaty, but let's make it your fault. So we are essentially warning the Greeks what we're going to do in a few years' time or, or hopefully in a few months' time once we join NATO and if France has definitely no accession talks ever, you know, what's the point of prolonging this and more? So Wimmer is saying, uh, no, we want to join and then we're going to torpedo it so you fulfill your full obligation and then uh, we do it by, by, uh, as if the Greeks don't know this. So in essence, uh, what Mutsunski is telling the Greeks is, okay, you either destroy it now and it's your fault, the destruction of the treaty, or we we destroy it later once we've uh, gotten what we can out of the of Presta.
0: Okay. Well, this is uh, this then reminds me of the. Um the Ella Fitzgerald song, uh, let's call the whole thing off. You <laughs> like potato and I like potato, you like tomato and I like tomato, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, let's call the whole thing off.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we, oh. we say, uh, yeah. We
1: say mastica, they say uso. We can never, <laughs> no way we can agree on oh. anything.
0: Oh my gosh, we might be able to come up with a song on this. I ah, yeah. like <laughs> it. All right, this is, this is next week's uh, next week's challenge. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but going back to um, you mentioned a lot of Skyser, uh, La Perita, mm. uh, and and he's been talking more again this week about all the scandals, which seem it's it's funny you know being you're you're a you're a journalist and I follow the media I'm in public relations so I deal with the media over here on the this side of the pond on a domestic issue and whatnot but anyway we both obviously are closely tied to media news uh, mm. journalists etc we follow all of this and it's kind of funny to watch the ebb and the flow. Uh, how it works with regard to Macedonia. So it seems like the scandals kind of, uh, the, the reporting on that took a dip uh, until this past week when Lars started talking about it again because there was so much going on with the EU issue, uh, this, this rift uh, that I mentioned earlier, and now it seems like perhaps the, the scandals are going to come back because there's, these are still ongoing cases, and if I'm correct, and they're still being investigated, Right.
1: Well, oh, as much as uh, the prosecutors are allowed to investigate them, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. What is the latest on that? I mean, I, I, know, I noticed that both Boki 13 and Katice Yaneva were... Their detentions were again extended?
1: Yeah, they, they're gonna remain in prison uh, for the time being, and uh, uh, the SDSM politicians, uh, the two of them, which were expected to be initially charged, Frosina Reminsky and Alexander Kiratsovsky they were both interrogated, but only Frosina has been charged and she's now in detention in house arrest, like a more comfortable form of arrest. Well, Kiratsovsky is at large still and not charged. But, uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, there is obviously, as things get uh, uh, more difficult for SDSM, this, this started as an intra-SDSM fight because the prosecutor uh, Vilma Ruskovska, who charged these people. She's not a friend of Womera. quite on the mm-hmm. contrary, but she, apparently they had the feeling they're strong enough in SDSM, so that they can indulge in some factional fighting, using prosecutors. One side employing Katica, another side employing Vilma to do extortion, to get uh, some money out of businessmen. But once the elections were called, the, the bo- both sides, everybody in SDSM understands that They cannot afford this type of fighting anymore. They need to uh, close ranks. So I don't think we'll be seeing much uh, much in the way of charges uh, uh, until the elections, unless, obviously, if the fight between uh, the urban and the rural wing escalates to the degree that, uh, you know, uh, polls show that the SDSM is losing horribly anyway, or, a fight escalates over the division of the seats in Parliament that would re, uh, rekindle this uh, confrontation. But at, at the moment they have closed ranks, there are no leaks on their side, there are no leaks on the side of the prosecutors, but Vumara keep reminding them that, listen, we have more material than uh, has, has been published, and uh, Laris says, I have more material than what's been, what's, uh, been published so far. Vomero have said they have the transcripts of the testimonies, presumably by Ortsa Kamchev and other people who were interrogated by Vilma Ruskovska, and this would include Orze pointing his finger at politicians who were involved. And Laris apparently has more wiretaps. This is what he's saying. So, uh, wow. you know, if SDSM wants to close rank doesn't, ranks, doesn't mean that the scandal goes away. But at this moment, we were more preoccupied with the EU uh, defeat and the um, electioneering
0: right exactly so yeah again that that points to the fact that that uh, I, I think that, that the scandals will rise to uh, to mean to, to back in the media sphere more uh, you mentioned that lot and all I think Branko gerovski who's kind of started mm-hmm. this way back in the early summer has also has, has also said he has more material and you know you got to think for citizen um, with these scandals ongoing, and all of these different groups claiming that they've got more material about this, that, and the other. And they could release it at any time in the next, in the coming months, we've got, just to kind of look at the calendar here, Zanzayev has to resign as Prime Minister by January 3rd at the earliest, I believe. Mm-hmm. Elections yeah. are April 12th. Uh, Vomero gets to uh, have a uh, the Interior Ministry on a couple of other ministries, Welfare and Labor, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. and. and so between now and april 12 you know any of this information that these aforementioned groups and individuals have could uh could come to the fore and could be made public which is going to further damage um citizen and damage their uh re-election chances and that's got to be weighing on their minds plus with katica and Boki, uh, the two prominent ones still in detention that is not a pleasant place to be for them. These, these are people who lived lives of prestige, and honor, and fame, and money, and everything else, and now they got nothing. And physically and mentally, it's gotta be just really dragging them down, and at some point, they're gonna, maybe want to cut a deal
1: or something to get out. That's well, just Boki, why not. Boki didn't truly really live a life of honor, but yeah, other, other than that, Yeah, okay, it's yeah, right. Your, your, on the money. He's too pretty to stay in prison for long. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he should ask for the women's wing. I don't know. Maybe that, that works. Or plea insanity. That would work perfectly for, for him. Okay. Uh, Do you have an
0: insanity clause in your uh, judicial system? Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure we have, yeah. Mm. And I- even if we didn't, you know, it, <laughs> something like that should definitely apply to poor old bookie. No, they should be enticed to testify. Uh against Zaev because there is no point in po- putting Bok in prison and pretending that he is the mastermind. He's pretty smart. You can get a handy mm-hmm. to him, but he's no mastermind. He doesn't have the political clout, the, uh, you know, the power to pull this off without Zaev or people very close to Zaev, even above Frosina Reminsky and Keratsovsky. So, yeah, I mean, th- there is no way that he should be in prison and that everybody says the buck stops here. It's, that's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, there was some pressure on Vimera to be constructive, to be team players, like, let's not overdo this before the European Council, you gotta support the opening of uh, EU accession talks, uh, even though the material were coming from uh, Girovski, they were not coming from Wimera. And Vimera can say, listen, right. what, what have we got with this person, he's been hating on us for years, like, crazily hating on us. So they're clean even in this regard uh, and now the internationals have blocked us, uh, apparently, indefinitely and there is no reason to hold this off much longer. I mean, there is no excuse to to keep denying. Maybe just wait a little more until the start of the elections, but uh, um, so as the whatever materials are available don't peter out. But, uh, you know, I suppose people like Orca might, might try to Negotiate with Zaev as well. Uh, but Vimura, so you know, the material coming from him because the wiretaps, the recordings, they'll, I mean, there is no other explanation except that he gave it to the. Uh, he put it around, right. trafficked it around. Uh, allegedly, what Bulgaria has sake. the materials too, but uh, you know, they have their own c- calculations. They publicly want to preserve Zaev in, in power. Boyko sure. Borisov said as much. So this might be another source of pressure and on Orza to make sure nothing else comes out before the elections. But Vomero doesn't have this type of uh, considerations. I mean, they they have no, There is no reason holding them anymore now that the European Council ended as it did.
0: Let's um let's talk about the alternatives to EU <laughs> membership since um, since we've talked about how the. Cheesy-eating surrender monkey uh, Emmanuel Macron said none uh, to Macedonia and mm-hmm. Albania, and everybody's up in a, everybody's got their knickers in a knot over mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think it's kind of funny that Zaev continues to insist that, quote, there is no alternative to EU membership, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, anytime, and I think it's important to continue to reiterate this, anytime somebody says there is no alternative, that's that's a phrase used to shut down debate. Uh, it's also a logical fallacy, and that the the man can only say one thing. He can only say there is no alternative, even as the so-called Balkan experts are talking about alternatives. Mm-hmm. So Flo- Florian Bieber, uh, one of the ones that we like to poke fun at, um, mm-hmm. from the University of Graz, uh, recently said that actually there are alternatives to EU membership. Now I think really e- yes. I think even he is committed to uh, EU membership for Macedonia, etc. But still, um, uh, oh, and, and here's a good one. So James Kerlinzi, another one of our favorite, uh, favorites that we like to talk about. Um, he's from the London School of Economics. He's actually never been to Macedonia, but he pretends that he knows a lot about Macedonia. Uh, he says, um, and, and, th- and this goes to the point of, of changing the meaning of words, which is a dangerous place to be. He tweeted out, quote, I subscribe to the view that EU integration with Western Balkans is not enlargement, it is completion. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, is so, he's totally changing, he's changing the meaning of words. So, and I know that, that there, what, what are some of the alternatives, since we've already made the point that there actually are alternatives. What's the Norway one that we keep hearing about?
1: Well, that would be the Switzerland one, which I suppose is the same thing, but there is a lot of baggage coming when you say that Macedonia should be Switzerland in the Balkans, this was the famous quote attributed to Vantcha that we should have like cantons for Albanians, Macedonians or Bulgarians, uh, Greeks, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jews within Macedonia, Vlachs. So, like Switzerland, something like one country but a few, a number of languages and tribes, etc. So, to avoid this, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, hearkening back to history, um, Gerald Knaus, who was most recently the famous supporter of uh, Zaev in uh, opening the border. He has yes. always has some creative ideas about the migrant flow into Europe, uh, how we can reignite it. Uh, and uh, he now came out with a proposal even before the European Council uh, saying that uh, we should push uh, for a Norwegian option, which means we are part of the EU market. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, we have to adopt uh, practically all of Europe's regulations in uh, exports and production, uh, etc. This is something which I suppose Macron would like. I suppose mm-hmm. his idea is that we have a regulatory unification, tax harmonization and all that other horrible Procrustian stuff. <laughs> and uh, But you know, let's give it a fancy name because Zayev, Rama and Vucic came out with the name a mini Schengen. So everybody's mocking this. It looks horrible. It sounds horrible. So then we are going for a Norway in the Balkans, which obviously in in Balkaners evokes uh, fanciful, you know, um, positive uh, uh, ideas. And this would mean us contributing to the EU budget, uh, aligning our regulation with the EU, having unfettered access to the EU market, which we already have to a large degree. Maybe also uh, movement of people and... uh, I don't know, some kind of a visa, you know, even uh, we have visa free travel, maybe like full employment opportunities, but not full membership, not voting rights in the EU. To this we say, well, sure, we wanted this. Grefsky kept talking about this. Everybody on our side kept talking about this as a great alternative to EU membership, which we can achieve without uh, encountering a Greek veto and then without changing the name. But now that we were forced to change the name, what's the point of this alternative? Why? Now that we have uh, given up our uh, deliverable, we want the full deliverable on your part. Otherwise, again, give us this, but then the Presbytery is out, because Greece cannot block a Norwegian outcome in the Balkans. So, uh, sure, we go back to our... we restore our national dignity and we join your uh, Balkan Norway. <laughs>
0: Does this include uh, bringing the fjords to the Balkans as well, or or the oil? I, I prefer the oil <laughs> <laughs> if I had to choose. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, if you get the fjords, you get the tourism too. But you already have uh, pretty good. Macedonia's got a, a, f- a fair uh, fair number of tourists coming in uh, and mm. It increases every year. That's a spot of good news, actually. Um, mm. But you're right. The oil would be uh, the oil would be uh, useful. I think so. Mm. All right. So there are alternatives. Uh, we'll see where those proposals go i see uh, you mentioned uh, gerald uh how do you pronounce it, think, Knoss, um and his yeah. proposal i already saw it got shot down by a number of eu officials of course yeah. uh so it's interesting to see talking about rifts it's interesting to see the rifts that are developing between all of the supporters of macedonia changing the same in the first place and and the deeper you get into this and the more the details emerge about what all this means how how they, they come out of the weeds and they start attacking each other on, on these various things uh, because they never really thought it through to begin with uh, they thought that all you do is is uh, come up with uh, a bunch of words on paper, ignore your populations and, and what they want and, uh, and slam it through parliament, ignoring the consent of the governed and doing whatever you can to get it through parliament, they thought that that would make it all right
1: well, well basically we did a 180 uh, role reversal here so people like uh, uh, you know, Tanya Milewska which keep going back to her because she's the probably the most comical of all this (laughs) from the Zaev side who really reacted to the uh, uh, defeat in Brussels uh, possibly worse than from everybody else Um, so now she's supporting a plan B uh, Norway option or she's angry at Knaus about the Norway option but she actually uh, shortly after the refer- the council, she started talking about we need a plan B. They don't want us. Uh, let's not be the uh, jealous uh, girlfriend who got uh, kicked, you know, dumped by her boyfriend. Let's not give them the satisfaction to see us beg. Let's wait for them to come begging to us. Some similar teenager stuff. Uh, mm. And on our side, on the right, uh, those of us who were supporting. Uh, Uh, a looser alignment with the EU and who were warning about the dangers of creating this federalized space with a flag, with an anthem and even worse uh, a military, a prosecutor um, a unified tax code and everything that we definitely do not belong there at least for another 50 years Um, Mm -hmm. but now our position which has always been a plan B Mm -hmm. uh, but now we say okay wait but is the name do we reverse the Treaty, and if not, well, listen, then we want to join in full, and then we want to go full Visegrad, because we also see that once you're an EU member, you can also more easily, as Mutsunski said, reverse the Treaty. but then you can also start acting out like uh, Orban or Kaczynski. We are (laughs) much smaller, but we'll be in good company, we can align with them, and uh, uh, people get off your back once you're in, or they can't abuse you as much as when you're negotiating so yeah we're <laughs> we've completely reversed our positions although on our part it's more like a joke and uh, i would still hate to be part of a macron-led european union and uh, it's going to collapse anyway even faster if he gets his wish
0: that is true and and to reverse a popular phrase always go full visegrad
1: yeah yeah <laughs> I I go with I would I warn often Anne Marie and uh, Han etc that we're gonna viciously so hard once we're in. <laughs> oh, we could turn it into a verb. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We,
0: we well, too. well, well. Speaking of, of
1: Johannes <laughs> well, Hahn... Listen, and seriously, Grivsky is kind of like a founder of the group.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of Johannes Hahn and Anne Marie Huber and all of those people, they're leaving as of uh, Thursday, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's game over for them but there is a lot of talk now there is some casino opening up in Skopje and uh, uh, <laughs> related to the chain in Gevgelia. and now on both sides we have people jumping at hand that he's now the left is reigniting the old uh, accusations that the uh, was well reimbursed for his services initially for protecting Vemera now for failing to complete his task by uh you know, uh, casino shares, and uh, he wor- used to work for a casino company in Austria, that this is his reimbursement. Obviously, around, on the right, everybody is also sharing this allegation. So, yeah, we're now joking that he is expanding his business much like Zaf, his marijuana fields that Han is <laughs> expanding his gambling empire in the Balkans.
0: Oh, and, and you know, frankly, uh, because of the news cycle, what it is, is no longer 24 hours or 24 minutes, it's 24 seconds. People, mm. some listeners won't even remember the scandals that Johannes Hahn was caught up caught up in in a previous life, which was only what, fifteen years ago maybe, and and that what? is what you just mentioned the the, uh, the casinos and everything else that he was involved in. And these people are. Um, when I say these people, I mean the European Union bureaucrats are. Mm. Uh, right. um, shall we say uh, a bit dodgy? Say at yeah. least at least some
1: yeah we we've, we've dealt with crooks with uh, uh, like that quote in uh, oscar murderers crooks bank robbers etc but you bureaucrats sheesh i <laughs> think you make me you make me nervous <laughs> oh yeah. and then there is the other plan b the uh, al- the ultimate plan b which uh, is obviously that uh, albanians are threatening with nationalism with a spike of uh, nationalist fervor, that if they're not no. the EU, uh, Even Bieber had some article, I just noticed this today, in uh, some of the uh, in a Kosovo-based uh, uh, website or whatever and uh, they're using a map of the Western Balkans, but since Serbia and Montenegro are negotiating already, in their accession talks they were left out so uh, what was left in the map was Bosnia, like an island all by itself Hasn't opened accession talks. Majority Muslim. Obviously, this is a contributing factor to the decision in Brussels. And uh, Macedonia, Albania, and Kosovo, which, again, would be a hugely Albanian-dominated region if we are left uh, in the mini-Schengen ghetto with them, without Serbia or Bulgaria, everybody in different stages of accession. And if we are left to... Harmonize our trade and labor rules and movement of goods and people with just Albania and Kosovo. I mean, <laughs> this would uh, this would mean war. This would mean partition uh, very quickly uh, of Macedonia. This would be a complete uh, disaster. And this was in an article by Bieber. Uh, wow. ECFR, the Soros-funded think tank, they were also warning of this in a more recent article, I think today or uh, yesterday. So. This is what's uh, more likely to happen if, uh, uh, and the best solution to this is not European Union enlargement, the best solution is a proper Macedonian nation state like we had under Gruevski. This is what can discourage a partition here and a full-out war uh, in Macedonia and in the region.
0: Ah, yes, but the nation state, that's so passe, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Idea of nation states and sovereignty and all that.
1: Oh, get with the program, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brave new world out there. Yeah. And then there is another, you know, very interesting fluke of uh, this whole situation. Now that we have established that uh, European Union member states can impose on a candidate country uh, mm-hmm. the change of something so ingrained, so deep and fundamental as the name of the country, the name of the people, the language in the identity of the of the people, I mean, for the longest times, the uh, European Union countries were ashamed to tell us that this is what they stand for, so they would insist that we fail on technical grounds, and not because Greece is vetoing us. They, they, were, they realized what they're asking of us, and mm-hmm. they would say, no, the Greens would support us precisely on these grounds. Do not give up your name. This is a horrible, crazy thing for the Greeks to ask of you. Well, now that this precedent is made and Albanians all voted in favor of this and they kept telling us, listen, uh, you're blocking, you're dragging us down with your stupid name and your uh, national dignity, you need to change this because you're uh, crapping on our EU prospects. But now, you know, you have Macron coming out and he says, well, listen to all these Albanians coming to France, uh, claiming asylum, this is unbearable to many of them. Uh, why would a candidate country have so many asylum seekers? He's all but saying that the problem is not with the Albanians as such, but the problem is with the fact that Albanians are Muslims. And, well, now on our side, the obvious retort is, well, now that we have established that a candidate nation needs to change something to be more appealing to the EU member states, and now that we have a clear, uh, um, you know, demand from a powerful EU member state what needs to be changed, right. and now that you impose this principle on us, our Albanian neighbors, well, now you're dragging us down, and now it's time for you to change this uh, actually far more recent uh, characteristic of your nation, which they've only adopted Islam like 300, 250 years ago, and even this gradually. So, well, f eh, I I mean it's all for our european future right <laughs> oh my goodness that's funny yeah yeah
0: all right why don't we uh we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our uh farmers this yeah.
1: And welcome back to the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. This is Svetin Shulimanov, and we have Jason Miko, as always, on the line. And uh, it's now time uh, for our farmers' picks. Uh, Jason has something prepared for us. Uh, uh, can you tell us what it is?
0: Absolutely, Svetin. It is a Lonely Planet, uh, the popular travel guide. And uh, they have their top ten picks for 2020. Number three, Macedonia. Now, two points. Obviously, they use the N-word, uh, and mm-hmm. I think it was a year, year and a half ago, I had a quick dialogue on Twitter with one of the editors of Moaning Planet, and I said, you know, it's really Macedonia, and she actually said, I completely agree, I'll always call it Macedonia, but, you know, if we're a corporate entity, blah, 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 we're going to have to call it that. Mm-hmm. I, I get that to a degree, but I think any PR that, that brings in, especially tourists uh, and, and amplifies the nation is, is good. Uh, Plus, it's kind of funny, I think uh, they say in their um, little uh, quick uh, paragraph on it, they say, a place most known simply as Macedonia, which is correct. And then it's funny, because if you click on the map that they provide, I don't know what map this is, but it it goes to a map and it says Republic of Macedonia. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and then of course it lists all the places in Macedonia, uh, you know. and and, And frankly, this piece on Macedonia was done a couple of years ago when they highlighted Macedonia uh, and so the only thing they did was put the N word in front of a bunch in front of Macedonia in a bunch of places uh, but it's always good to be called out for uh, the beauty and, and the gastronomy and the, the landscapes and just everything that Macedonia has to offer uh, especially the wine um, so that's, that's my pick uh, North, uh, well they call it North Macedonia, Macedonia is number three on the Lonely Planet pick of places to visit
1: in 2020. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I remember I uh, I saw the U.S. ambassador share this and I said come on, no EU accession talks, no uh, Nobel Prize for Zoki, not even the Eurovision contest, you couldn't even rig this. (laughs) But okay, at least we got a Lonely Planet blurb. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. A reprint reprint under the new name. (laughs) Yeah, right. There you go. Oh, Oh, (laughs) jeez. Well, this is like the Jack and the Beanstalk uh, all over again. Maybe, maybe Zayaf maybe basically gave up the country for, for the magical marijuana beans, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Very droll. Very droll. All right. Well, that's our... I, I know I said mas- we, we said we said Macenarian Farmer's Picks. We have Macedonian Farmer's Pick singular. Uh, yes. Next week... Uh, I already know what I've got for next week. So, But that's next week. So, anyway, again...
1: Lean, lean Harvest
0: this week. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, today is the 28th. This will drop tomorrow on the 29th of October. I'm okay. sure there'll be plenty of news in the next few days when we record again on uh, Sunday. Always great talking to you, Sweden. You too, buddy. Take care.